What is up guys, welcome back to Retrospect, your go-to retro gaming podcast. Enjoy the episode and let's hear the jingle. I think we're on episode 11 now and this is the first episode of 2021. Woo! 2020 was a, a terrible, terrible year, even though, you know, in terms of retro gaming products and news and updates, it was pretty good. Like, we had our fair share of great products that we got hold of to review. And that's what I want to kind of spiderweb from today. And the subject I want to talk about is what will 2021 bring for retro gamers? And today I'm joined by absolutely nobody. You guys are going to have to put up with this geezer for 20 to 30 minutes talking about my predictions and what's going to happen majority to like the first half of 2021 but I'll go into some predictions towards the end of the year um, and what I want to kind of base these podcasts off my new year's resolution is to do more of these podcasts when I launched retrospect I can't even remember maybe three three months ago I said I'd do a bi-weekly episode and I screwed that up on like episode four my time scheduling is incredibly poor, something I gotta work on, but I'm hoping, and it is my New Year's resolution, to get you guys an episode every two weeks. So please, if you're new to the uh, Retrospect podcast, hit the follow button, and uh, hopefully you'll get a notification or whatever Spotify or um, podcast output you are listening on that should notify you. So, let's jump in. To today's podcast and I also hope you enjoyed the little jingle at the start of this podcast. Um, I've read up on podcasts and you know apparently you should be putting little jingles at the front so or it's some it's some kind of mental game. I don't know what it was they just said put a jingle or some audio tracks at the start for 10-15 seconds of your podcast so it eases the listener into the podcast so hopefully that jingle will stay every episode until i screw it up in post-production if so first one to let me know i'll send you something first one to tweet me and say brandon you screwed up this episode of retrospect because you missed the jingle i'll send you something in future podcasts i'm basically going to talk about the news and what's happened in that week or two weeks since the previous podcast and this week, there there was a few things, but this is the week straight after New Year and kind of Christmas, so, you know, there wasn't any big announcements, but there was a few. In terms of retro gaming news, this episode is going to be pushed towards handhelds. There's a lot I want to talk about regarding what 2021 is going to do for retro gamers and handheld collectors. In, in terms of news, there was a new handheld called the K2... KT, sorry, KTR1. Not sure what that means. It almost sounds like R2-D2's cousin, but it's a beast handheld that's changed chips and it can apparently emulate a handful of GameCube games. So that is going to be a very popular handheld in my opinion. But I got a funny feeling that handheld is going to be expensive. And I think in terms of handhelds throughout 2021... That's going to be the case for a lot of handhelds from now on. The prices are going up and up and up. Last week, I ordered the RG351M, the metal edition of one of my favorite handhelds of last year. 
That cost me 139 bucks. Wow. Just two years ago or a year ago, these handhelds were half the price. Uh, now they just keep going up and up and up because we're buying them, quite simply. People are loving them, people are buying them, and people are willing to spend that amount of money on them. And I did it. I, I spent $139 on the RG351M, and I'm hoping to get that in my hands in the next two weeks. And I think that could be a seriously cool handheld because the RG350M handheld is awesome. While we're on the subject of the RG351M, metal variant handhelds are, are going to become a thing as well. That you know, only a couple of companies dabbled on that. Anbrinic are probably the only one, really. In all honesty, um, there was a couple, um, and the Odroid Go Super has been announced as well. The same chip as the Odroid Go Advanced. Uh, with the RK3326 chip, but it has a 5-inch screen, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, much bigger kind of handheld. Um, you know, the power is the same, the price has gone up, they've still kept the crappy analog sticks, and I really, really think the build quality is going to be quite poor on this one. But, I've only seen one video on it um, from ETA Prime, which was quite an in-depth video. Uh, so I have yet to get my hands on that, but you never know. It might prove me wrong, and it might be a great handheld. The good thing about Odroid, or a Hard Kernel, the company behind it, is they are always trying to innovate and beat competitors, which a lot of uh, companies out there in China who make retro handhelds, that isn't the case. It's simply copy and paste for a lot of them, but Hard Kernel, Hard Kernel, uh, that, wow, that's a really bad word to say with my accent. Uh, Hard Kernel are one of the top dogs in terms of innovation over in China in the handheld market. Like they've came out of a five inch handheld that can play PS1, a tad of Dreamcast maybe, probably not. So they're doing good things for the community. It's just a shame that, you know, not everyone can get their hands on them. They have long waiting queues or, you know, um, delivery times, sorry. And the build quality is sometimes, you know, a bit underwhelming, but they're doing good. I will be getting my hands on that. And the latest news is a Nintendo Switch Pro possibility towards the end of the year. Nintendo have to do something. You know, towards the tail end of next year, Christmas will be coming up. Their old consoles will be not outdated, but, you know, in need of a little upgrade. Uh, and 4K is becoming the norm. And I really do think Nintendo are going to come out of a Switch that can output 4K when docked. Uh, rumors have it, it's gonna look a bit different, it's gonna be bigger, the screen-wise in portable mode, and it may even have a multitude of two to four game cartridge slots, which would be interesting. I don't think they'll go for four, but another like one, so two cartridge slots, will be kind of interesting, and I think it's that feature that nobody asked for, but when you use it, it's very, very useful. So. That's only the real kind of few subjects in terms of news that has came out over the last couple of weeks that are, you know, kind of not big, but talk worthy in terms of what content we put out here at Retro Dodo. Um, and one thing I want to move on to while basically all of those are handhelds is what handhelds are going to come out in 2021 and what features are they going to be using that beats their competitors? Now, 
The one problem we all have with these handhelds and retro handhelds that come out of China, the US, some here in Europe, China, Japan, blah, 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 is that they're always, there's always something new. Something new coming out a little bit better, a little pricier. A little bit better, a little bit pricier. And it keeps on going on and on like that. And that's good for the market, but that's not very good for my wallet. In all honesty, <laughs> these things come out left, right, and center. And I really think one of them needs to come out and it'd be really good. A bit like the Retroid Pocket 2 that came out last year and kind of blew everything out of the water. We need another one of those. And I'm not sure if the KTR1 is that, nor is the Odroid Go Super, but they're, they're doing things that push the market into something great. And the KTR1 could possibly emulate GameCube games. So what I think we're gonna see more of in 2021 is more clamshell designs, like the Kitty X18S, that's getting an upgrade very, very soon. Uh, bigger chip, more powerful. Um, I don't know if it's got a better screen, but USB-C, you know, just a nice little update that we needed. Uh, so that would be a clamshell. And I don't know if you can remember, I forgot what it's called, but there was like a Game Boy Advance SP handheld that came out for like $30 and it emulated everything up to... I can't even remember what it was like. Game Boy Advance, Game Gear. Small scale stuff, but it sold really, really well. You'll be surprised how many people actually bought that $30, $40 handheld that looked like a, a Game Boy Advance SP. So I think the, the Chinese market are going to see this interest and create more clamshell retro handhelds, which I think is going to be awesome. If someone does it right, like Anbernick, who made the RG350 and the 351, that could be a serious winner. It's just comfortable, more portable, you can get a nice screen in it, and it's a nostalgic nod to the Game Boy Advance SP. So I'm hoping that Anbernic actually create a clamshell handheld. That would be awesome. We're gonna get more five inch screens. So a lot of these handhelds coming out are gonna be bigger, not necessarily better. When you go bigger, um, you know, Battery life kind of dwindles a little bit and it becomes less portable. So there's going to be some sacrifices there. But I get a lot of emails and questions on the YouTube channel regarding the older generation. So let's say the 40 plus that still love playing retro games. Yet the small screens are just a bit, you know, a bit too small in terms of seeing text, playing Game Boy games, etc. So the 5 inch screen is generally gonna do quite well because there is a market for those of you that want bigger screens and those of us that have terrible eyesight and need something a bit bigger. So we'll be seeing a lot more of that. But with this and the bigger chips uh, and a lot more metal design, unfortunately becomes a bigger price tag. And like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, Prices are going to go up with these handhelds. I paid $130 for the RG351M. You know, rumors have it that the KTR1, that big handheld, that if you haven't read about, head over to retrododo.com. Uh, the, the article somewhat blew up. A lot of people are very interested in this handheld. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be an analog pocket killer, but this thing is definitely going to compete with the analog pocket. But this thing, especially if you want the metal edition, is going to be near $200, which is absolutely mad. That's in the Nintendo Switch Lite category, in my personal opinion. Uh, and that is, you know, a superb 
handheld. Admittedly, it can't play your old games, but that's just, you know, an idea of where these handhelds are going to go throughout, throughout the next year. And I think a lot of us are going to stop buying handhelds as much as we did. I think most of us, if if I didn't have to review them and pick them up for you guys, I'd probably, I think I'd only buy two or three, maybe four at a push throughout the year. And they'd have to be some big boys. They'd have to be ones that are innovating, changing it up and pushing the limits of power throughout the handheld device. And while I'm on the subject of power, Dreamcast emulation has to become the norm in 2021. If you can't play Dreamcast on a $100 handheld in 2021, it, it needs to have something up its sleeve like a metal shell and superb build quality, you know, link transfer wirelessly, all that kind of stuff. If Dreamcast isn't a norm and it's plastic and, and around $100, pfft, there's no point. There's no point. People don't want it. We've spent enough on handhelds in 2020. I'm happy with a metal handheld that can play up to PS1. I just need something that can play Dreamcast. And I think we'll start seeing handhelds come out that can play some GameCube games. Towards the tail end of 2021, we're going to see $200, $150 handhelds start chipping at GameCube games. And that is going to be exciting. Because GameCube, you imagine a handheld that comes out for $150 that can emulate everything up to GameCube incredibly well. That shit is going to sell like hotcakes, honestly. And I think we're in this... Those of you that are into your handhelds as of now and are collecting them out of China, I think we're all the early birds. This this market's going to blow up. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it's going to be very, very exciting for those that are making content on it. So all the all of you creators out there, I know some of you who have small YouTube channels that do handhelds, I think you're going to be see you're going to see a nice little bump in views towards the tail end of 2021 because this this niche is just growing, growing. A lot of people like these handhelds. Nintendo, Sega aren't doing anything for us retro gamers in terms of, hey, we want to play and buy your old games. What can you do? Nothing. You have to go out and buy a whole console uh, for $100 and then go buy one single game for $50 off of a collector that's kept it in his bedroom for four years. Like, there's nothing there. And I can't see any, like, Nintendo, Sega, whoever, helping the retro gamers that want to spend their money on this kind of, you know, entertainment. So people are going to resort to these handhelds, unfortunately. Nintendo and Sega doesn't like it, but as long as you're using your ROMs from the games you own, there's no problem at all. And, you know, we, we have the Analog Pocket coming out, which is a huge nod to the potential of what Nintendo and Sega could do to the retro gaming community in terms of selling a product. But then again, you have to go out and buy your own games, your own Game Boy games. If you want it boxed, sealed, whatever, like the good old days... Good luck. Hundreds of dollars. If you want a single game cartridge that's scratched up that needs a battery replacing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars if you're looking for the, the popular games like Zelda and Pokemon. But I am very excited for the Analog Pocket. Build quality wise, they've done some incredible things. They've made some very impressive products. 
even if their customer service is nothing of, you know, it's prob well, it's shit in all honesty. They just they're, and their social team, all they do is tweet gifs, like bro, help us out, give us some information, support your community, stop posting pictures every day. Um, so the analog pocket is is definitely gonna be great for 2021. And I know a lot of you are asking, what about mini consoles, remakes? 100%, we're gonna see a couple of new mini consoles come out. You know, could it be like the Game & Watch where their handhelds are just a few preloaded games? Maybe, I can't see Nintendo making a Game Boy remake anytime soon. I think they're going to keep their eye on the analog pocket and see what happens to that in terms of sales. But if they did release a Nintendo Game Boy remake, it's not going to be in 2021. I don't think. In all honesty. Like, that is going to make them a lot of money and I don't think they're going to rush it. And if they preload three or four games on it, nobody's going to buy it. You know, they, they need to do something special with the Game Boy remake and they're going to be saving that, you know until a couple of years time. But what I do think Nintendo's gonna do, and you're all probably gonna disagree with me here, but I really do think, possibly this year, highly likely, that they will bring out an N64 Mini. Probably just before Christmas, October, November, I think we'll see an N64 Mini come out with 10, 15 games, just like their old mini consoles, and that's gonna sell a lot. People are gonna love that, it's going to bring back a ton of memories and it's going to be one of the best Christmas presents of the year for sure. So uh, don't quote me on that. That's just a personal preference. Like, But I can see the N64 Mini coming out this year. If not, it's definitely got to be next year. Like it's just time. It's just time and technology. And they've got that. Nintendo's done that before. They'll do it again. The only problem with the N64 is that it's somewhat hard to not emulate, but, you know, the games take up quite a bit of space. And then there's Sega, on the other hand, waiting for the, the Sega Dreamcast Mini. That could be, again, a possibility this year. They did it with the Mega Drive. That sold quite well. And that was generally a really cool product. The way they did the whole Japanese and Western selection was, was super cool. They did a, a ton of cool games on it as well. And the Dreamcast Mini will sell again. It's just time that's like, when? When will Sega do it? And I honestly think it could be this year as well. Like, you could see the N64 Mini go up against the Dreamcast Mini. Like, it's it's 100% obvious that the N64 Mini will win, but the Dreamcast Mini, it will sell. 100%. Now, while we're still talking about Nintendo... You've obviously heard of Nintendo World opening in the next few months. But, whew, I don't know what to think about this. It's going to be absolutely fun. And Nintendo came out and said they want to start, you know, their, they, their products are aimed towards kids. And they were honest about that, which was fair enough. But me, I want to be able to go around Nintendo World and have some fun. It does look small, though. I don't know if it's just me. But when I was looking at the videos and the images, it's tiny. It's not a theme park that I don't think you're going to spend all day at. It's going to be like a morning or an afternoon thing and then you just go home. Because there isn't really much to see. Like You could walk around that in, I think, 30 minutes. The queues are going to be horrendous as well. But, you know, Nintendo are quite smart. They'll, uh, 
they'll 100% sort traffic flow and stuff out. It does look good. And it's the first step in Nintendo making a theme park. And they have so much potential to grow it into something great. I just don't want them to keep it that small. If they keep it that small, it's going to be, you know, they need it big. Like, like Alton Towers or... For the American readers, that's a big theme park here in the UK. But, you know, we want it big. You want it... What's your... I can't remember what your, uh, like, big theme parks are called over in the States. Something tree? Something pine? Three peaks? Three pines? <laughs> it's something like that. Please tell me it is, because that would be very embarrassing. But they need to make Nintendo War World bigger. You know, get the tourists over... Have a load of fun, spend a whole day there, spend hundreds upon hundreds of dollars, and you know, make it a bit like Disney World, just smaller, I guess. Let me know your thoughts on Nintendo World. Give me a tweet or something, because I'm, I'm actually interested if I'm the only one thinking about how small Nintendo World is. But hey, you know, it's going to be great, they're going to nail it, and I think Nintendo World is going to be something that I go visit in the next few years. Now, one thing I want to talk about is because a couple of weeks ago, a few nice gentlemen's throughout the modding community, the Game Boy modding community, they sent me a gift over and it was a modded Game Boy with, you know, a bunch of goodies. And I think, I really do think that mods are going to become an easier thing to do in 2021 because there's actually quite a bit of money in the modding community if you do it right. In terms of people reselling, people making a business out of it, etc. But the only problem is, is that a lot of it requires soldering. And nobody is really like selling like a kit. And I've had a, a, a somewhat of a business discussion with a friend of mine over in the States who actually hooked me up with one of those Game, game Boys a couple of weeks ago. It's Player Wave. And I really do think... Now, I'm basically giving my business idea away, but... I'm only doing this because I just haven't got time to do it. But I think there's a market here. And, you know, feel free to do something with it because it's it's a great idea. But I feel like there's space in the modding niche to basically make like a, a kit. Like a Game Boy modding kit. The problem is, is that if you want to mod your Game Boy, you got to go out and buy a Game Boy... You gotta clean the motherboard. You gotta buy and sell all of the ports. Uh, ports, sorry, like the screws. If you want USB-C, you gotta buy that. You gotta solder that. Like people don't want to do that. They want to basically do it as easily as possible and as quickly as possible. So you want like a, a kit. And my my idea was to sell a quick a kit, a Game Boy kit that comes with. Three different types of shells for you to pick from. So imagine this in like one of those foam briefcases, like a huge briefcase that you open, you unlock the, uh, the you know, the locks, flick it up, and you open it like John Wick style when he selects his guns. But this time, you've got three different shells. You've got your IPS display. You've got a cleaned motherboard. You've got your headphone jack. You've got your USB-C. You know, you've even got wireless charging in there if you want to upgrade. And then a manual that lets you go through it one by one. A bit like Lego, but this all needs to be drop-in, connected, you know, no soldering. The tools come in there as well. The kit would be like, 
you know, 200 to $300. Like, it will be expensive because whoever does it has a lot of outgoings. But a kit that does everything for you that you can give as a, an expensive gift or treat yourself or you just open it up and it's step by step on how to mod a Game Boy. If anyone does that, I reckon that is going to be a big seller. And you could always, I don't know, you could call it like retro gaming kit or something like that. And then you could basically expand into other handhelds and other consoles. So you start with the original DMG, you buy the DMG kit, you go with the Game Boy Color, and you could go all the way up to a Game Gear or whatever. You could even get into retro consoles. But then you could even you can even expand into selling your own shells and working with the community or you could do a kit where that you can like draw on your own uh, shell like there is something there and throughout 2021 i really do think that modding is going to become easier for everyone everything's going to be dropping but nobody is selling like a big easy kit you have to buy all of your parts from three different websites they all come in at different times nobody's got the right stock and it's just not easy someone needs to make an easy diy game boy kit that you can buy and do yourself and it comes with a proper manual and everything you know step by step lego style no text drop in bang so that's just a few things that I wanted to talk about in this episode. I hope you enjoyed the kind of layout at the start, going through some of the news, then jumping in deeper, and then going on into the main subject of the podcast. So as mentioned, you know, I want to start doing more of these every two weeks. I want to start getting in some guests and just jump on any news or anything cool that I want to talk about. So hopefully you'll hear more of me. Uh, and if you want to follow us, definitely hit that follow button. You'll get um, podcast episodes directly to whatever output you are using and you get notified. And follow us on socials. You know, we're quite active on socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. We're all there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode talking about the latest retro gaming news and what will 2021 bring for us retro gamers. So as per usual, guys, I appreciate you watching and I hope to hear from you and hear you. Is that, is that how you hear you in the next episode? Who knows? Anyway, thanks for watching, guys. Catch you in the next one. Peace.